the chief of staff of the United States Air Force opens up a nearby base to uh, new recruits to try to get some new recruits for the for the Air Force. So uh, he's walking along the base and he sees a couple of uh, twin brothers who uh, have wandered onto the base. Apparently, they want to they want to enlist. So he goes over to the two twins. And he says to the first one, he says, what do you do, young man? What skills do you bring to the United States Air Force? And he says, I pilot. Ooh, pilot. Okay, very good. Sign him up. He says to the next brother, what do you, young man? What do you do? He says, I chop wood. He says, you chop wood. Well, this is 2020. The U.S. Air Force doesn't need people to chop wood. He says, but you hired my brother. He says, yeah, because he's a pilot. You, you, you chop wood. He says, well, heck, if I don't chop it, he can't pilot. <laughs> okay. Anyways, you're going to see. Uh, you're going to see why I told that joke. Anyways, this week's Parsha, Parsha Shemer, is speaking to the Kehanim, to the priestly class, about many things that apply to them. But one of them is about the consecrated foods, specifically. Uh, what we're going to study about right now is truma, the uh, donation or the portion of the agricultural yield that is given as a gift to the kehanim. So we read, No non kohen may eat of this consecrated food. Um, However, if a kohen acquires a soul, as a monetary acquisition, we're talking about slavery. Yes, not PC to speak about it, but the institution of slavery does exist in the Bible. So if a kohen acquires a servant, he may eat of this consecrated food. As well as, like the verse finishes, also those who are born into the kohen's house, meaning his family as well. So, <clears throat> in other words, um, a kohen may eat truma, and not only the kohen, but also what's uh, relevant for our discussion, the the servant of a kohen as well. By the way, um, this doesn't just apply to truma. This verse is speaking about truma, but also it applies to the other sacrificial meat, the portions of the korbanes that that a kohen does eat. You might recognize from the words that we say uh, every morning. Uh, prior to uh, Shachras, to the morning prayer, we say the uh, the Mishnah, Ezeo Mekayman, what, what, what are the places of the sacrifices? And over there it enumerates how various sacrifices, Nechol Kehanim, Lineshayim, Ulevnehem, Ulavdehem, which literally means may be eaten by the Kehanim, by the priests, their wives, their children, and their servants. So this ulav dehem and their servants, that's what we're talking about here. So here's our question. Since uh, truma is no longer given to kehanim today, and we don't have servitude either, um, so what's the significance for us of learning this law, that the servant of a kohen is allowed to eat truma? And uh, what does this have to do with uh, a pilot joke? So <clears throat> let me seemingly change the subject for a moment and ask a question. Basic Jewish uh, ritual. 
blessings on food. Okay, why? Why do we do it? The, the Gemara says, the Gemara in Brochus, which is an entire tractate about blessings, the Gemara in Brochus, Daf Lamed Hei Omer Kol Hanene Min Ha'elam Hazeh, Blei Brocha. Anyone who partakes of and derives benefit from this world without reciting a blessing, Mo'al, he commits the uh, prohibited act called Me'ila, or misappropriation. It's a specific term which really means to misappropriate consecrated um, resources. Um, <clears throat> so for instance, like if somebody dedicated an, an animal to be a sacrifice, and then later on he changed his mind and he just used it for personal use. That's called misappropriation. That's, he's he's moyal behektish. He misappropriates, misappropriates uh, consecrated resources. Or, you know, if somebody would go into the, the into the Besamikdash, into the Holy Temple, and they would take out the 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 Kalim, the Kleshotis, the, the ministering vessels, and bring it home and you know use it as dishes, So that would also be he's moil behektish, he's misappropriating consecrated property. So um, so the Gemara says that anyone who partakes of this world and derives benefit of this world and he doesn't recite a blessing beforehand, it's like he's doing this sin. He's misappropriating for personal use consecrated property. Um, the point is that to Hashem belongs the world and everything in it, like we say in, uh, in Tehillim. Um, so taking anything without a blessing, it's, it's like misappropriating holy uh, property for personal use. Like uh, but like a politician who gets in trouble because they find out that he was using public funds to pay for his, you know, his personal uh, family vacations. Sort of like that. But we need to understand something here. It doesn't say that eating without a blessing is like stealing. It doesn't say it's like stealing here. It says it's like misappropriating holy property. And there's a big difference. There's a big difference between the two. If eating without a blessing is like stealing, then making a blessing is like asking permission first so that it won't be stealing. You know, it's like you see your, your neighbor using your lawnmower. You say, hey, did you ask first? You know, that's called stealing. But if he comes over and says, hey, can I use your lawnmower? Okay, fine. All right. So then if it would be like stealing if you ate Hashem's food, you know, it's, it's, all, it's all Hashem's food. Everything belongs to Hashem. It would be like stealing if you ate Hashem's food without making a blessing. Then I understand. Making the blessing is like asking for permission from Hashem to eat. But that's not what it says. It says that eating without a blessing is like misappropriating consecrated property. It's like being moil behektish. So in that case, what does asking permission help? It won't help to ask permission. Because it's not an issue of getting permission. It's an issue of this thing not being available for personal use, period, at all. That's it. So asking doesn't help. In other words, if you want to borrow your friend's car, you have to ask him first, or it's stealing. But if you want to fly an F-15, okay, so now you're saying the joke. Okay, so, but if you want to fly an F-15, even asking the Air Force to borrow isn't going to help. They're not available to civilians. And, and not only would, would asking permission not help, offering any amount of money in the world wouldn't help. The government is just not going to allow 
any civilian to fly an F-15. Any private citizen cannot do it. Bill Gates could come and offer as much money as he wants. I'm sorry, he can't, he can't fly the F-15. This is not for private use. This belongs to the military. However, there's one way that Bill Gates, in theory at least, could fly an F-15. It's one way that Bill Gates could fly an F-15. He would have to enlist in the Air Force and be trained as a pilot, and then he could fly an F-15. But then, even then, he wouldn't be able to fly it for personal use. He'd only be able to fly it as part of his military service. And then later, if he would retire and become a civilian again, he could just come back to his old base and take the F-15 out for a spin, even though he used to fly that very same plane when he was in the Air Force. And that's precisely how a blessing works. A blessing doesn't change the food. A blessing changes us. In other words, a blessing doesn't make the food no longer be consecrated property. No. A blessing turns us into people who are allowed to make use of consecrated property. And who is allowed to make use of consecrated property? When we make a blessing and we say, Baruch Atta Hashem, blessed are you, Lord our God, Alekeinu, Lord our God, Melech Ho'elam, who is king of the world, we proclaim Hashem's mastery, we submit to his authority, that not only the whole world belongs to him, but that includes us, we belong to him. So we admit that not only does the food belong to him, we ourselves belong to him. So in other words, the, the, the food doesn't belong to us before we make the blessing, and the food doesn't belong to us after we make the blessing. It never belongs to us. It belongs to Hashem the whole time. Just that by making the blessing, we proclaim that we too belong to Hashem. And in this way, as servants of Hashem, like the servants of a kohen, we may partake in foods that are off-limits to regular people. So we make that bracha, we make that blessing, we become Hashem's servants. And now we can make use of that which is normally off-limits. We can enlist in the Air Force and fly the F-15. There's a well-known story about the holy Rebbe, Rebbe Elimelech Mlezhensk. He had a friend, a colleague, who uh, once came to visit him. And uh, this visiting scholar was, was also a Talmud Chochem. But he hadn't achieved the holiness of, of Rabbi Elimelech. So the friend says, he says, tell me please. We're both scholars. Yet you reached such a high level compared to me. Explain to me, what is the difference between you and me? What do you have that I don't? So Rebbe Elimelech says to him, he says, uh, let, let, let me ask you. When you want to eat an apple, do you make a bracha first? He says, of course. Of course I do. What's the question? Rebbe Elimelech says, ah, so that's the difference between me and you. You see, when you want to eat an apple, you make a bracha. When I want to make a bracha, I eat an apple. Think about it this way. We don't make blessings so that we can eat apples. 
so that we can have permission to enjoy some of this world. That's not the purpose. That shouldn't be the way that we look at it. No, not at all. We make blessings because of the incredible connection to Hashem that it affords us. Because with every blessing that we make, we change our status. We get to proclaim that Hashem is Alekenu, our God, Melech Ha'elam, King of the world, and that we belong to Him. And in that space where, uh, of self-transformation, where we, we proclaim that we are His servants, then we get to make use of His resources as well. But the purpose of the bracha is not to be able to make use of, of, of Hashem's resources, not to be able to get permission, oh, let me have the apple because I want to have an apple. That should not be the intention. The intention should be that I want to belong to Hashem, I want to put myself into that state. And then automatically what happens, of course, the avid of the kohen, the kohen's servant, can also eat the consecrated property. So, here's the way to look at it. Are we such holy people? Are we kohanim, so to speak? Maybe not. But we can be avde kohanim. We can be the servants of the priests. That means we can submit to a higher authority. And by the way, I want to mention, this is a little bit Kabbalistic here, but there are different types of servants. Kabbalah and Chassidus explains that the difference between an Evid Ivri and an Evid Kenaini, a Hebrew servant and a Canaanite servant, halachically there are differences, but I'm saying spiritually. Spiritually, they're describing two different levels of the service of Hashem. An Evid Ivri is a more of a, 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 a refined level, more spiritual level. That's where we, we submit to Hashem, but we submit to Hashem with more of an emotional uh, motive, meaning we feel avas Hashem, yiras Hashem, we feel the love and the awe of Hashem. Evid Kanani is a lower level. Evid Kanani, a Canaanite servant, is a level where we submit to Hashem purely out of Kabbalah's oil malchus shemaim, acceptance of the, the, the yoke of the kingdom of heaven. Where we're not feeling the love, but we, we, have, we have the discipline, and we submit, we surrender to authority. So, Evid Kanani, Canaanite servant, is spiritually the lower level. But here's the thing. Halachically, which kind of servant of a Kohen is allowed to eat the foods that can only be eaten by a Kohen? Not an Evid Ivri. Not a Hebrew servant of a, of a Kohen. Only the lower level. The Evid Kanani, the Canaanite servant. So, what, what does this show us? That when we become servants of Hashem, so to speak, by proclaiming that He is Elokeinu, Melech He is our God, and He is, he is the King of the world, and we belong to Him. What level are we doing that from? From the lower level. We're not such holy people. We're not such lofty people. But when we want to submit, that means when we want to just give our will over to Hashem, at least on the behavioral level. I can't give you my heart. I can't promise to feel love and awe the way I ought to. But I can give you my behaviors. I can submit. I can say, I work for you. I don't work for myself. When we do that, all of a sudden, an interesting thing happens. Now, Avde Kehanim can eat from the hektish, from the consecrated foods. So, with that, just that desire to want to commit ourselves, even if the only desire we have is sheer willpower, I'm not feeling the love, 
Maybe I'm feeling other loves. In, in fact, I, I feel I'm, I'm, I have desires for things of this world, and, and I have a misplaced respect and awe and reverence for things of this world. And yet, I have the discipline to say, I want to subjugate myself to Hashem. And that makes me like the Evid, specifically an Evid Kanaini, a Canaanite slave. And now I can eat the Hectish, I can partake of his world. So let's be practical here. Let's talk about applying this, this, this concept to our daily lives. Very simple. When, when we make blessings on our food, we should have the right intention. We should have in mind, not that this is asking permission. Can we use some of Hashem's food and make it ours? No, it never becomes ours. The intention should be that we're admitting to the fact that we have a responsibility to use what we eat only for its intended purposes. Even after you make a bracha, it's not like now you can run off with it and do whatever you want with the energy in that food. It still belongs to him. It never stopped belonging to him. To the contrary, it belongs to him and we belong to him. So now you have the calories from that food. You have the energy to burn. It's not yours to use at your discretion, however you want, whatever strikes you as interesting or fun. You have to go use that energy to daven and to learn and to do acts of goodness and kindness. And that should be our intention in fueling up and partaking of the bounty of this world. Not only we're making a blessing to get permission. In fact, not at all. That's not what the point is. We're making a blessing to reaffirm the fact that we, we owe it to Hashem to use the energy in this food as, as true servants. As true servants who are always on duty and always on call. We are His. We belong to Him. And we should act like it in everything we do. The way we eat, the way we think about our eating, the way we use the energy from our food. And uh, when we have that in mind, then every meal, every snack, every cup of coffee becomes a spiritual experience. 